0: Hey, 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 good morning, good morning. Uh, you guys, I hope you're doing amazing today. I uh, hope uh, things are going well for you. Welcome back to um, uh, the Word of God to, to another Sunday morning, another week has gone by. Uh, you know, we just keep piling up these weeks, week after week after week, month after month, and now we look in the mirror and I'm like, man, how did it get so old? Oh, wow, time just flies by, doesn't it? Flies by. It just flies by, and one day, pretty soon, we're gonna be standing before God, and we're gonna have to give an account of our whole life. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be ready. I wanna be ready, and the only way to get ready is by digging into God's word every day and every week and coming back together to the word and living every day for the Lord, just living to honor God in our lives. That's what we gotta do, we gotta do that. It's the only way we're going to get out of this place alive, life after death. It's the only way, is by living for the Lord. Hope you're doing great. A lot going on. We started our new series uh, a week ago on 1 John, this small letter that John writes to the churches that are spread out in Ephesus. A lot of small home churches that are meeting. There's no building yet. They're just meeting in homes. Groups of Christians meeting, studying, listening to uh, some of the writings of the apostles, studying some of the Old Testament scriptures, Singing songs of praise, taking communion, uh, just remembering Jesus and what he's done and what he taught. Really cool uh, book here. And John is like encouraging them in their faith. It's what he's doing. He's like really trying to encourage them in their faith to just keep going with Jesus, to to keep walking with God, to keep moving in their faith no matter what happens in the world. And remember, they're battling against Gnosticism, which is this belief that all flesh is evil and all spirit is good and that Jesus did not come in the flesh. uh, Therefore, Jesus did not die in the flesh. He was some kind of phantom spirit out there. And um, so it's this false teaching about Jesus. And John is, uh, John is trying to help the believers understand that that is a lie and that Jesus did come in the flesh and that Jesus walked on this earth in the flesh and that all flesh is not evil. Everything that is uh, fleshly is not evil, even though we're sinners and we're going to see that in this next section, uh, but that Jesus came, lived, died, was buried and rose again in the flesh, in the flesh, baby. And so he says in uh, 1 John chapter one, ver- the first four verses, that Jesus is the word of life. He is the word of life. Jesus, God became flesh and we we saw him. John says, we saw him, we heard him, we touched him. Like we know that he is real. He is as real as the nose on your face. He is real. By the way, Kathy, I hope your nose is doing better. I'm praying for that. But as, as sure as the nose is on our face, Jesus walked on this earth. He is very flesh. He is very real. He is God in the flesh, and so we come to the second uh, part of this. We're talking about all in is what we're, our theme is, all in. We're all in with God, but we come to this second little section of 1 John chapter 1, and here's what it says, John, 1 John 1, verse 5, this is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you, I love that, right, uh, that God is light and that in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie, and we don't tell the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not, that we haven't sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word is not in us. This is a powerful uh, little section of scripture uh, that I want to dig into one verse at a time. Uh, But remember, a quick review in verses 1 to 4, John declares that Jesus is the word of life and that the word became a flesh. The word of God, the, the, the spoken word of God, became life. He became flesh. The incarnate Christ came to the earth, the savior of the world, God with us. And he, this Jesus, is from the beginning of all things, before all things were, he was. And the apostles are confirming with these believers in these churches that they saw him, they heard him, they touched him, they walked with him, they ate with him, they were where he was, they spent a lot of time with him. And he concludes, John concludes in that first little section that that our joy, that our joy, that real joy is wrapped up in Jesus, the word of life and eternal life. That's where true joy is compared to the stuff of this world. That isn't, it's imitation joy. It's fake joy. It's its cheap joy. Jesus said that all of the world's stuff, and we're going to see in the next chapter, is going to pass away. Paul called it all rubbish. Everything in the world, everything of the world, is in the end going to be rubbish. And shortly, in, in some years from now, not many, as time is flying by, we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to just see just how, how, how rubbish all of the world was behind us. Jesus is the word of life. That's what John is trying to help them understand. that. Jesus is the word of God that became life, that became one of us. He is the word of life. And now, in this passage, God is light. He's going to talk about how God is now light as well. This will be a major theme for John. The word of life, the incarnate Jesus, is going to be two things in this letter. Jesus, the word of life, is light, and love. Those are going to be the two big themes in this letter. One of the neatest things about this letter of John is only a few chapters, but in it, the word life is mentioned 14 times. The word light is mentioned six times and the word love is mentioned 45 times in this short letter. Those are going to be the themes, life, light, and love. That God is all of those. That Jesus is life, light, and he is love. So let's dig. Verse 5. We're going all in. We're going all in with God, right? That's what this is going to... Move us toward being more in with God, to be all in with the Lord, to make decisions, to to let go of the stuff of the world and to go all in with our God. Verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and we announce to you. That is awesome. Again, this is what John said earlier in the first four verses, but he confirms it again now. This is our eyewitness account. We, the apostles, are the we, remember, we heard him personally. We touched him. We walked with him. We we ate with him. And, And then we did not keep that to ourselves. We didn't just experience Jesus and then keep him to ourselves. We didn't hide him under a bushel. No, we let the world know. We shared him with the world. He was revealed to us the message that we heard from him, personally heard from him, he revealed it all to us and we testified. We bear witness to him. We gave report of him. We, we we gave evidence of his walking with us and talking with us and what he said and what he did and who he healed. And then he says, we declared, we declared, we proclaimed him to you. We spoke of him. We, we went out and we told everyone. And then here... John says, we announced, we announced him to you. We, we, we disclosed information about this Jesus that we know and walked with. We spoke of him. No matter how you slice it or, or what word you use, right? Doesn't matter which one you use. The proclamation of Jesus, the testifying of Jesus, the announcing of Jesus, the declaring of Jesus This is what people, followers who are all in, do. This is what followers of Jesus do. They don't keep it to themselves. This message that we have now received, we don't keep it to ourselves, but we go and we share the good news of Jesus with the world, with everyone around us. We announce it, we go and share Jesus and the hope that we have in Christ. And, and, and by the way, John's got more for us to share. There's more to tell, that is not all. And here it is, second part of verse five, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Think about that, that God is light. And in God, there isn't any darkness at all. God is light. This is a huge truth, especially in the Gospel of John and in this letter of John. Notice, God is not a light and God is not the light, but God is light itself. He is the light. The word phos is the Greek word and it means the very source of light. He isn't just a light bulb shining He is light, he is light. He is the light of truth and he is the light of the world. The very essence God is Jesus, the source of light. In the same way that God is love, now John says God is light. He is love, he is not just an act of love, But God himself, his very presence, his very character, he is love. He is what love is. And now John says he is light. He is the source of light. John is saying, yes, Jesus illuminates light by his teachings and his miracles and his good deeds. But he's also the source of light. Right. He is the warmth and he is the light that comes from the fire, and he is the fire itself. He is it all. He's everything. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude, and so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and in awe, for our God is a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. Nothing is hidden from his eyes. Everything is exposed to the light of God. He is that pillar in the fire that guided the Israelites in the Old Testament. He is the burning bush to Moses. And he is the glory that Moses experienced when he came down from the mountain. And he glowed with the glory of God. He is light. Isaiah 33 says, The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling grips the ungodly. Who of us can dwell within a consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting flames? Who of us? God is light. He is light. And not only is God the light that guides us, but he is the fire that consumes all evil and all rebellion and all darkness. He exposes everything. So John is very big on light. Remember in the Gospel of John, chapter nine, there's a man that was there uh, when Jesus came by and he was blind from birth, this man. And Jesus comes along and Jesus heals the man. Remember a little spit? A little mud in the man's eyes. Go wash. He washes and he can see. And Jesus says these words. Night is coming when no one can work. But while I am in the world, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He exposes the darkness. He makes blind people see. Now this is bigger than a blind person seeing. This is huge. To, to, to point out, um, so the, the blind man is, is healed and he's able to see, and, and, and this, this miracle of Jesus in John 9 was to point out a much deeper, a much more spiritual truth that this man was able to see. To point out a greater healing that you and I can have in Jesus. Remember, everything that God was doing in the Old Testament, all was real for them, but all a shadow of what was to come in Christ. All the things that God was doing throughout the Old Testament was pointing to the Savior of the world one day coming and doing much of what they were doing physically Jesus would do spiritually. And so in John 9, Jesus heals this blind man of sight so he can see, so that he he heals him so the world will go, wow, this person, Jesus, he has authority over blindness and over the human anatomy. He can make the crippled walk, the blind see, the mute talk, He can raise the dead. Jesus has power over everything, but all of it just to show something far more spiritual for us to understand. Spiritual blindness and spiritual darkness is all about the night and the absence of light. And probably the greatest truth about John 9, in that event, when Jesus heals this man that was born blind, the greatest truth for mankind is in verse 25 of John 9, when the man says these words, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was blind, but now I see. Such a profound, profound word that this man says, a, a, a word that not even he understood what he was saying. All he realized was that he was blind and now he sees. He had no idea the implications of the, in the spirit realm of what Jesus was trying to help mankind understand. But this man makes the spiritual statement of the universe when he says, I once was blind, but now i see the plot the proclamation of someone he makes who is now in jesus i once was blind but now i see this is not about a blind man being able to see this is about a sinner having their sins forgiven and coming to know jesus i once was blind but now i am in the light I once was in the darkness, wandering on the earth in sin, and now I am in the light of Jesus. When one goes from darkness to light, their sins forgiven, the Holy Spirit given, all in with Jesus to do his will forever. We are invited by God to live with him in the light. We are invited by God, to pass from darkness into light. By the way, there is no other location on the planet to be, spiritually speaking, there is no other location on the planet to be other than in Jesus. If you are not located spiritually, physically, in your mind and heart, body and soul, if you are not located in Jesus then you are lost. You are lost. We are either all in the light or we are all in the darkness. There is no other place to be. Notice what he says. God is light and that in him, in him, there is no darkness at all. In Jesus, not just around Jesus, not just, you know, connected to the church, Hanging on the fringes. Watching from the outside. Following from a distance. Sitting on the fence. This is not all in with Jesus. This is not living in Jesus. You can't be part in and part out. That is not how it works. It only works if you are completely in him. Completely in Jesus. He and you. You and him. All in one another, worship, obedience, in the word, prayer, fellowship, serving God, honoring God, reaching the world with the good news of God's grace. See, there are clearly only two places that you can be, in the light, walking with God, or in the darkness, hostile toward God. Those are the only two places one can be. There is no other place. And our passage says, in him, in God, there is no darkness at all. Zero. Nada. Not a speck of darkness in him. None at all. Verse 6. John says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't tell the truth. And to that we say, whoa, yikes, yikes. This is tough. This is tough. If you have ever been called a liar, if anyone has ever called you a liar, that's not fun. That's not fun. Uh, And our first reaction typically is denial. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Right? Denial. That's our our typical reaction. But then you think about it, and hopefully we get honest with ourselves. And if we, we did lie, then we own up to that, at least in our own heart. Liar. Liar means that we are deceptive. We don't tell the truth. We speak falsely. We know the truth, but we say something else. We tell the officer, "Uh, no, I wasn't speeding, sir. I was only going 45. When we know, we were going 80. We lie. When we write on our tax form, we made this kind of money. But really, we made this kind of money. We lie. In life situations, when we are put to the test and, and either we're going to benefit from it or or, or, or be punished by it. We, we tend to preserve self. And so we lie to make our situation better than it was. And the problem, the problem with lying and walking in the darkness is that when we do that, we are carrying out the work, of the evil one. We have sided with the evil one. And you know, I think about Peter when I think about this. Jesus, I will die for you, Peter said. I would go to my death protecting you, Jesus. And only a handful of hours later, him saying, who, Jesus? I I never knew him. I don't know him. wishy-washy, part in, part out. And it's not, it's not God's calling you a liar, okay? It's not like God is calling you a liar. He's stating truth, established truth from the creator and the author. He's just simply saying, this is the truth, And when you live in it, you are living by the truth. And if you say you're living in it, but you don't, you're walking in the darkness. You're lying. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to everyone around you. Because God has given us these God-designed moral standards for all of mankind. There's a moral code of God, and that is the truth for the world, like it or not. It is what it is given to us by the creator and us ignoring it or us as a human human society rejecting it doesn't make it go away. It is there forever and eternity. And if you break it, if you break God's moral rules and guidelines and code, then that is on you. And in this case, you're a liar because of your choice. You chose to lie, uh, not God. God didn't choose for you to lie. You chose the way of darkness because you had an option and you chose to lie. So here's the thing. The fellowship that is available to us, this koinonia that we can have with Jesus and with each other can only happen in the light and John says if we say we are part of the fellowship if we say that we are part of this fellowship with Jesus and with his people, and that his blood covers us in our sin, but we we walk as the world walks, or we're stuck in our old habits and we don't ever turn from them and turn to God, or, or we say that we're part of this fellowship, but are uninvolved, or, or do not participate in the work of the kingdom and the work of God's church on this earth, earth to carry out the great commission, we are deceived. We're deceiving ourselves, we're lying to ourselves. And we're lying to God. We're not walking in the light, we are walking in the darkness. And somebody once said, that darkness is an unsocial condition. And light is a social condition. Because when we walk in the dark, we are wanting to walk ourself alone. But when we walk in the light, we walk together with God and his people. That's where the fellowship of God is in the light. And the fellowship in the darkness is only of the evil one. Walking in the light is walking in this koinonia, this fellowship of the body of Jesus together with him, growing, serving, fellowshipping, worshiping, the Lord. In verse 7, he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, check that out for a minute, walk in the light. Notice he says, if we walk, if we move, if we move in the light, this is not just if we dabble in the light. This this word walk in the light means to dwell in the light. It means to remain in the light. It means to live there. It means to stay there. This is not a visit to the light on Sundays. This is a lifestyle every second of your life you are walking with God in the light. You can't walk in the light if you only do it for a few hours a week. That is not walking in the light. All the things in life that you do, if you were to name them all or list them all, you think about some of these things. We, we have jobs and we, we, we go to work and we play and we have our homes and we have our kids and we have our grandkids and we, we drive and we go on trips and, and we make money and we have bank accounts. All these little things that make up who you are, your life, what they are. We, we call this moving through time, right? This is all the things that we do as we move through time, right? Our lives here on this earth, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week, month, year, right? It's moving through time, our life, and everything that makes up our daily life. Moving through. We're moving through time. For now, when we enter eternity, we will not be moving through time. Time will be no more. We will enter eternity forever and ever. But on this earth, we are moving through time. And walking in the light is living in Jesus as we move through time that we are walking with Jesus all the while we are moving through time with him. If we do that, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then John says, two big things are true then. Number one, we have fellowship with one another. We have this koinonia with each other. This is the body of Jesus right on the earth. Fellowshipping together, working together, coming together, studying together, serving together, reaching the world together, encouraging each other, growing up in our faith, raising our kids together, helping each other. This This is what we have. If we're walking in the light, we have fellowship with each other in the body of Christ, the eternal kingdom of God. And the second thing that is true is this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, this is the very good news of the gospel. Forgiveness is ours to claim in Jesus, in the light. You are set free from sin and you are made right with God, not by works or anything we do, but by the sacrifice of Jesus for you and me on the cross. And my response to his offer of forgiveness, I must respond to his offer of grace. I have got to respond to that. And I would love if ever you need to talk to somebody about what that looks like, what that means. I would love to talk with anybody, anytime about what that would look like. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Watch out, here comes a cold bucket of water in your face right now. Another kind of like, um, uh uh-oh, yikes, what's up? See, coming to Jesus, coming into the light requires that we admit our sin, that we admit that we are sinners, and and that we measure ourselves according to God's standards, his bar, not the world's bar, or at the bar. We We have to be willing when we come to Jesus and we see the light of God, we understand how great the darkness is in us and we have to own it. We have to take personal responsibility for it. We are sinners saved by the grace of God and that is all. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch, a sinful wretch like me. By his grace and his grace alone. See, we should all say, like they do in AAA, right? AA. 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 Maybe just two A's, yeah. Um, my name is John Nepple, and I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And my sins are forgiven by Jesus and no one else. See, we we have to be willing to admit that we don't live up to God's standards. We have failed. We have fallen short of that. And we are in need of a savior. We have to be willing to say, I have sinned. And if you don't say, I'm a sinner, then you are just deceiving yourself and the truth is not in us. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God so much. Look, like, this, is, this is the message of grace, that we admit it. We just admit that we, we've messed up when it comes to, to our relationship with the creator of the universe. We have messed up, but God wants so much to forgive us. His desire is that all would come to the saving knowledge of his son. He wants all of us, but he says we must confess. We must confess. This is part of our response to God's grace that we acknowledge our offenses toward a holy God, that when we sin in this world, we are sinning against the one who made us and designed us and created us with a purpose and we have offended him. First and foremost, we must admit that we have gone astray in areas of our life. And the truth is, the, the very truth is this, if left to ourselves, we would go even further and further astray. I can, I can personally testify to that. I'm like Jesus, Jesus makes the difference in how I drive. You know, you're driving down the road, right? Minding your own business. Did you know that in any and every given city, mm-hmm, in every given city in America, there are four to eight oblivious drivers out there. There are four to eight oblivious drivers on our streets at any given minute in every city, including Burlington. My question, my question is this, why are they all in front of me? Like, why are they all in front of me? They're on the road in front of me. See, my confession is road rage, maybe. It's a little bit. could be worse. I could tell you that. It could be a lot worse. Honestly, if, if I'm being honest, I'm confessing to you right now. If Jesus were not in my life, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, I'd be flipping people off. I'd be yelling out my window. I would be blasting my horn. I would be all over them. Get out of my way. I got things to do. But because Jesus is in my life. I'm learning discipline. I'm learning to take deep breaths. I'm learning that I am a sinner. I am a sinner saved by grace, the grace of God. And I have to face this sinfulness in me. I have to face this and then I give it to God. I have to give it to the Lord, confess it to him. And then he is faithful and just. He will forgive you. He will forgive us. And then he will begin to change us from the inside out. That's how God works. Slowly changing your heart from the inside out. Verse 10. If we say that we haven't sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, John says, if you say, if we go on saying that we haven't sinned, that we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Back in verse eight, he said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves." And here in verse 10, if we say we have no sin, we make God out to be a liar. Is that even possible to make God a liar? Can we make God a liar? How do we make God a liar? Well, God sent his son Jesus to this earth to deal with the sin of mankind. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. The scripture declares that we've all sinned. And that because of our personal sin, we are separated from God. And so that sin has to be dealt with. And that Jesus came here to pay the price for your sin. So if we say that we haven't sinned, then God did, one, all that for nothing. And two, we're declaring that we're good with God. And we don't need him or we don't need a savior. And that Jesus didn't need to come. That doesn't... Make God a liar, it makes his declaration of our sinful state foolish and unnecessary. And in that way, when we say we haven't sinned, we are making God out to be a liar. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, after they ate from the tree? And God came looking for them, and they hid. And then the blame came. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Or worse, she made me do it, or the devil made me do it. Remember, the excuses started to flow. Nobody, nobody made you do anything, Adam. Nobody made you do anything, Eve. You gave in. You are guilty. And you sinned. Just admit it. Admit it, own it. Take personal responsibility for yourself in the presence of God and before God because you're going to we're going to stand before God one day and that time is coming quicker than we want. But we're going to stand before the Lord. It's time we own it now. Don't wait till you're standing before God to try to own it. It's going to be too late. The time to own it is now. The time to ask forgiveness is now. The time to get right with God is now. Admit your sin. Confess your sin. Give it to God. Don't sit around and say, I haven't sinned. And I don't need God. I don't don't need a savior. Jesus didn't need to come. Because when you do that, you make God out to be a liar. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie. We don't tell the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is righteous to forgive us the sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we haven't sinned, we make him a liar, and then the word is not in us. Father, I pray that these words from 1 John would penetrate our hearts, Stir us, convict us, motivate us, and draw us closer, God, to you. The light. You are the light of the world. Help us, Father, to go out and live in the light, to be the light that you've called us to be, but to dwell in you every second. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. You have an amazing, amazing day. For those of you who are wondering, it says milk and honey. Milk and honey. That's what my hat says. Milk and honey. God bless.